I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1933, Nevada becomes the first U.S. state to regulate drugs. Fucking narcs. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. I am your smooth-talking man on the inside, Zachary, and once we finish this job, we'll never have to work another day in our lives. So what do you say? Are you in? Or are you out? My name's Megan, and I heard that there's a hot fox waifu demon loose in Asia, and I'm just saying, yo, girl, you need a place to stay? Because, like, I can give you my number. And I'm Matt. Today I learned that the only reason Stephen King has a career today is because his wife pulled a crumpled up copy of Carrie from the trash, read it, and asked him how it was supposed to end. Can you imagine, like, crumpling up? Well, number one, um, writing a manuscript at this point. Uh, (laughs) And then being like, I don't think this is good. I'm just going to throw out these few hundred pages. This isn't going anywhere. (laughs) This isn't going anywhere. Let me just toss this in the garbo. Yeah, and then your wife is just like, hey, I found your fan fiction. Hey, I found this book. Um, I I found found fan fiction. I found your fan fiction. No. Oh, God. Can you tell me how it ends? Because, like, I'm really interested. Hey, um, this is for all those long con uh, fanfiction writers on www.fanfiction.net who wrote 80 chapters of that Danny fan- Phantom fanfiction that I read a few years ago. Could you please finish it? That would be really great. I don't even know what you're <laughs> saying at this point. Do you, know, do you know how wild it would be if one of those people is actually listening to this podcast? That would be really amazing, but uh, more importantly, I need them to know that I've been waiting. (laughs) (laughs) And that, yeah, if there was, like, ever a Danny Phantom reboot, um, I would hope that it would be based off of that fan fiction. It's honestly only a matter of time for there to be a Danny Phantom reboot, but... Dude, fingers crossed, okay? Do you know how much I wanted to be a half-ghost kid? I need to have a talk about the fact that Danny Phantom is like a fully dead child that is possessing his own body. Yeah. He is not fully dead. He is half-dead. No, he's 100%. He died in that accident. And he immediately (laughs) possessed his own body. Listen, we'll fight over this after these messages from history. (laughs) All right, kids. (laughs) The strikes are at zero. The game of rock, paper, scissors has been played, leading to the order of me, followed by Zatch, followed by Megan. So, I guess I should just start? Then. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's because, it's your it's Well, there's, your part. like, there's usually a bit of banter that goes between, like... Oh, I mean... And well, so, we were... I'm always a little baffled when there's just dead silence. Well, we... We were giving you the room. Yeah. We, were... <laughs> we had banter about uh, whether or not Danny Phantom. We did is alive have banter about whether or not Danny Phantom was a real boy. Yeah, and he's not. Oh, by 
Did I ever tell you guys? Okay, th- then you can start your story. I realize I do have. I she do does have, have banter, it. so I like, have it's banter. good that I, I let the it. banter commence. I take the room back. Let the banter commence. I take the room back. Um, so you know on Facebook how you can be, you can like like pages, yeah. Yeah. right? So Danny Phantom obviously has a page, <laughs> and um, there was a solid like half a year where I was Danny Phantom's top fan. Oh, oh my god, you would be though. Facebook. Okay, <laughs> like, I earned the badge. Good for you first off. Second off, I'm just going to yeah, say thank it. You. Do y'all remember when they made the Rug the Rugrats but then they were teenagers for a hot minute? Yeah. Yeah, Rugrats, Rugrats all grown up. Do you think they're just going to do that to I Danny know. Phantom where it's just like congrats yes. oh, in college. Please. He's now a depressed well, He's now a depressed middle-aged man who fights crime on the side just to feel young again. They're doing that <laughs> with the um the Fairly Odd Parents reboot. Oh, oh it's like fairly odder or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's Timmy Turner all grown up and his kids get the fairly odd parents. I, I'm uncomfortable yeah. by that I'm situation. also uncomfortable. So since you guys have stolen plays from my playbook with regards to taking stories from World War II, which is my wheelhouse as the podcast ad, I'm going to take a gimmick that Megan has done at least twice, and I'm going to bring you three stories of people being petty in honor of me feeling like a petty little rug rat. Awesome. I thought you were going to say petty little bitch. I so. mean, I did have in my original notes petty little bitch, but I decided to switch it to rug rat. And it's then, like when there's a song lyric that doesn't rhyme. Oh my god, yes. Or the ones that are like terribly covered up for the radio edits. Yeah. Or They're the like, fact that in Piano Man, he says tonic and gin instead of gin and tonic, and it pisses me off so much, Billy. <laughs> we all have our hills to die on. We do have hills to die on. It's not a hill. It's a mountain, and I because I'm making that this out of this is mole a mountain made yeah, entirely out of mole hills. Also, I was going to say, Matt, if you were to take something that was mine from me, I yes. am also a petty rug rat and would have just made myself strike out right now and left the podcast for the night. Hey, <laughs> Yes. I feel that in my soul. There you go. <laughs> at this moment. I do also want to uh, start start this petty rugrat session by um, apologizing to the audience because this is probably not my strongest offering. It's been a stressful week at work. We could have taken the night off, but I was like, you know what? We're not gonna. Um, I don't know, dude. We've already we've already spent roughly five minutes talking about Danny Phantom. So we have a and very strong, strong in, start. In in earnest, I will say this: it was five minutes yeah. too much. Um, we're um, gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna start my story off. I'm Danny Phantom's top fan. Thank you. <laughs> I'll change. Uh, we're going to change Megan's um, Eldritch yeah. Abomination name to Megan, the uh, top <laughs> Danny Phantom fan. Uh, can you use his his uh, proper name, Daniel Spector? Daniel Spector. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. I'm going to get into my shit now. Um, and I'm going to start with a story of a young Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oh, yeah. Um, who, as some of our listeners may know, was a classical music superstar. <laughs> but uh, only some of them. Started composing at the age of five, and then he, uh, in high school, or around high school age, ended up in a very serious accident wherein he died, 
and possessed his own body and became <laughs> uh, wow and became Billy Joel the piano. <laughs> no, so at the uh, at the age of five, he uh, started composing and he kept on uh, up until his dying days. But he was also a notorious prankster. He did this in a number of ways. Most notably, uh, he named a lot of songs after uh, shit play. I do not have references, but I do know that there was at least one song that was like, kiss my ass or something to that effect. Steve will probably end up telling us in the Dungeons and disasters facebook group that we share that it's actually something like lick my asshole there is one called lick my asshole okay fair that's probably the one i was thinking of it's lek mince arsh oh yeah yeah no that's not the i took enough german to know that's probably not the right pronunciation but steve will will let us know yeah yeah so i could i could probably do an entire episode on this mischievous little prick uh but i'm not gonna Instead, I'm going to do a different thing. Um, I'm going to talk about his beef with an opera singer by the name of Adriana Farisi del Bene. Uh, mm-hmm. She was a soprano and was singing a part in an opera that had been designed for her. And it had been designed for her because Mozart knew that she had a tendency to toss her head back on high notes and drop her chin on low notes. So he built her an aria called uh, Comscoglio, uh, where there were great leaps from high to low. <laughs> and this was done so that Mozart could watch her bob her head like a chicken while she was singing. He's like, you know what's going to be real funny? Like, make this a little bit more interesting. For me, <laughs> For really, me personally. No one else. For me personally, um, this very specific thing. I yeah. think that there is nothing better in life than when someone is smart enough to get away with doing, like, petty bullshit without anyone yeah. else really noticing. Because this woman probably was like, oh, whatever. It's the notes I have to hit. I, and she doesn't, like, recognize that she is subconsciously bobbing her head up and down. And Mozart's just in the background like, <laughs> fuck Oh, my God. Yeah. She's a chicken. Buck, 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 motherfucker. Buck, What I really love about this, too, is that, I mean, Mozart, by his very nature, was not quiet about... Like, his dislike of people. Yeah. From, from everything that I've seen. Yeah. So, I don't know how this girl takes a part in this opera without knowing that Mozart has an issue with her. Because he gives her the lead role, and then she's like, all right, fine, maybe the beef is squashed. And Mozart's like, the beef is definitely not squashed. The yeah, beef is he's for just sure like... not squashed. The beef is only sizzling. Wendy's yeah. asked, where's the beef? And it's definitely with Mozart. <laughs> Mozart, <laughs> Mozart was just like, I bought all beef. of it. I have it all. Mozart Thank has you. the beef. But yeah, like yeah. I did. So in my research, I was looking up this story a little bit to try and get like an understanding of why Mozart hated her. And yeah, the only reason that I could find is that she wasn't particularly talented. But oh I, my god. But I didn't see like... anything that like she hadn't done anything that was ultra offensive to him. 
Like, I didn't see any indication <laughs> that it was... Like, I just didn't understand why he was being so petty, but I absolutely love the way that it came out. He's like, this untalented bitch. Yeah, people were basically I... just like, her talent is middling, and... Okay, but you know. let me put it in a way that might make some sense. Okay. You are at work, and you are doing the your job to the best of your ability. Uh-huh. And there is a coworker that you have that you have to work with. Yeah. Sometimes they're on, sometimes they're off. But when they're there, you never know if they're going to do their job or they're going to disappear to the bathroom for 40, 40 minutes. Yeah. I mean, that is actually fair. Like, there are, like, people that I have come into contact with that I've worked with throughout my life. And I'm just like, man... They are incapable. And then I choose to make their life hell. So maybe I get. Maybe your motive. I was going to say. Yeah, well, you know what? Don't spill coffee on all the retail uh, stock, you know, and try to blame it on other people. That's all I'm going to say. Wow, shit. Oh, we're. Because I'll call you out. We're finding things out today. The only reason that I have a contest to any of this pettiness. Like, I'm I'm for it. I'm with it. This guy can do whatever he wants. Uh, and did so, obviously. My, my issue is this. He yeah. did not have to work with her. Oh, he okay. fully oh. gave her this part so that he could do this to her. <laughs> so what you're telling me um, is he had one bad experience and said... I'm gonna he make must your life like hell. she stepped on his new Nikes or something. <laughs> yeah, his <laughs> <Amadeus> <laughs> like, with the fresh Nikes. <laughs> Jordan's fresh out the box and she steps yeah. on him and he's just like, I'm gonna make this woman bob her head like a chicken in front of hundreds. I'm gonna ruin this bitch's career. I'm about to end this man's whole career. Career. So that's like, that's over. petty story number one. Okay. Uh, petty story number two involves a gentleman by the name of William Horace de Vercole, who I believe mm. we've talked about before on the podcast when he and a group of his friends dressed in blackface and pretended to be a prince oh, and his yeah. escort to tour a boat. Yeah. The, it wasn't uh, ideal. The dreadnought. Is it de- definitely not it, ideal. It's not ideal, but it is. It reads like a D and D scheme. It yeah. does really read like a like a D and D scheme. But for racists, you just dress up in disguises. <laughs> you try and convince people with a high charisma role that you are yeah. someone you say you are not. Your DMs um, like roll deception, roll and deception. someone's just like, "Hey, I have the disguise kit." <laughs> hey, I just want you to know that I have the charlatan background. <laughs> yeah, so like I come I... with forgery papers and so on and so forth. Anyway, um, we're but this nerds. this story isn't about that because we already talked about that. Silly audience, repeating stories is for squares. <laughs> That's true. Like Nevada. What's that? Like Nevada. Like Nevada. Like being a narc. Fucking narc. Um, Fucking narc. (laughs) Anyways. you like how I brought the Today in History back? Yeah, that was good. That was really good. We didn't even need the uh, Toyota Tacoma. Or no, the Ford Tacoma. My bad, guys. Please. My bad. 
please use her official name. <laughs> her official name, the Ford Tacoma. So Horace is also a known prankster, and in this story, he went out and bought tickets to a play that he had found to be particularly bad or boring or whatever the case may be, uh, depending on who you're talking to. Either way, it was a play that he uh, did not enjoy. When he went to see it, I did not find in my research the name of the play. It has been stricken um, from the this, record. Uh, it has been I stricken. Give this, uh, one star Yelp review. This play. <laughs> yeah, he he um he definitely did give it a one star Yelp review. The uh thing is, it was going to take a few years for Yelp to be invented and for yeah, um, the, just I a mean, few. He went on Rotten Tomatoes, I guess. No, yeah, you're right. And then he probably mentioned something on their IMDb page when they went to do, like, bigger silver screen work, but... I mean, by Rotten Tomatoes, you do mean he just brought Rotten Tomatoes. He just brought (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes, yeah. Yeah, No, he actually did something way more clever than bringing Rotten Tomatoes. Um, He purchased tickets Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. the play. Yeah. And then he went out into the street... And he sold tickets to, and this was my favorite part of the research, uh, because I myself am a balding man. But uh, the <laughs> the research that I did described the men that he sold these tickets to as extremely bald men. Oh. <laughs> and I don't know, I don't know how one becomes extremely bald, but I'm ready for it. I suppose. Dude, their whole body. He knew that their whole body. They were just their whole body was hairless. from head to toe. Like. Just, absolutely uh, <laughs> nared bear. Nared bear. You're absolutely right. Um, so these men that he sold tickets to were extremely bald, and the tickets that he sold them were strategically placed. Okay. Uh, so that when the lights came up on stage, the light perfectly reflected off the bald men's head and spelled out an expletive. <laughs> and in my research, this is my second favorite part of the research that I did for this. It it was so well strategically planned by um, Horace that uh, he even remembered to dot the I. Oh my god. No one is no one is petty and creative like I... this anymore, except the Ukrainians. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not e- they're not even petty. They're just so they're just ingenious. so good. They're creative and they're justified. Just so they're creative <laughs> and justified. They're creative in um, how justified they are. You can you can mark off uh, mentioning World War Three in your bingo cards. <laughs> you everyone. definitely can. This is a new addition to the bingo card. Uh, World War Three had not been invented until a few weeks ago when Putin got his head stuck up his own ass. I mean, That's I honestly true. wish that I could go over there and just do that myself. Head, <laughs> head right up there. So, unfortunately, I did not find the expletive that he had spelt out. Probably fuck. Uh, but... But mo- well, no, because he well, dotted wait. he dotted an I, so most people yeah. think that it might have been shit. This is shitty. It would have been <laughs> yeah. Like imagine whole... if he bought enough tickets to spell uh, out this, is, this all... is shit. It's a whole sentence. <laughs> this is shit. I mean, <laughs> he just buys like a whole a whole row, and it's just like this play is a piece of shit, and nobody yeah. wants to watch it. 
nobody wants to watch it and like his friend who he had told this to beforehand was like this this scheme is getting a bit long in the tooth i think <laughs> you need to edit it. no i don't it must go on it must happen yeah, dude you bought like... you bought so many tickets already it um, it was probably he's shit. like don't tell me don't tell me how to lie. It was probably like, shit. It would be more funny if it was bitch because that's a longer swear. Oh, but it wouldn't um, make as funny. much sense. It it really wouldn't. Shit, yeah, shit like, would sum up the way the play was. Yeah, dude, can you imagine looking out on the audience? Because and as an actor, right? Uh-huh. And it just says bitch. It's like, who are you talking about? <laughs> like, is it all of us? Like, well, at that point, you bitch? probably just think that a person has a vendetta against a very specific member of the cast. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, but you don't know who. But you don't know who. You're right. That would be great. That would have been great. Um, I do want to say because we have talked about Horace before, uh, there is a chance that we've already mentioned this in the podcast where we talked about him doing blackface, and if. That's the case, and we have already talked about how petty this guy is. I just want to say this to the audience. Do not at me. I'm sensitive, and I will cry. Um, yeah, that's true. It is, a, it is a threat and a warning. This is, no, it's only a threat. Okay. I will aggressively cry at you. Uh, and last but not least, I'm going to turn to a story of King George the Fourth. Uh, King George the Fourth notoriously disliked his wife Caroline and wanted a divorce. Uh, but in the days of good old Georgie the Four, the only way to get a divorce was to prove that Caroline was an adulteress. He did wow. try and put her on trial for adultery, but that fell through. And instead of, you know, going the Henry Eighth route and just beheading her, uh, <laughs> he decided murder. just to... Sh- he, yeah... <laughs> Well, that didn't work, so I'll just kill the bitch. Um, he decided that he was just going to shun her. He was just going to reject her entirely. Yeah, what if I just, like, you know, pull every married couple's oldest trick out of the book? Yeah. Give the silent just, like, treatment? Just give her the cold just, shoulder. Yeah, the cold shoulder. I'm sure that yeah, will work. Yeah, because that's, that that's worked, and that's, you know, that's definitely not the reason why 50% of marriages end in divorce. Guys, no, absolutely not. Ask any psychiatrist. Guys, marriages are healthiest when both couples are ignoring their problems and and you each know other. claiming ownership of the uh of the other. Yeah, absolutely. Um so until the year of our Lord eighteen twenty, uh which is when King George actually becomes the king, and his coronation is held in eighteen twenty one. Uh, at Westminster Abbey, and this is this is where the petty comes in because on the day of the event, King George instructed guards to turn his wife away because she didn't have a ticket to the coronation. Fuck! <laughs> yes. Wasn't like she also like Loki being coronated? Like, how does I I honestly don't know. I would imagine that like at a certain point. They do need to like, say, like, we accept this, this man is... as our king and we accept this woman to be our queen. And he was just like, yeah, she didn't show up because she didn't have a ticket. This is, like, yeah, as dude. bad as, um, what the fuck was his name? The guy that faked his own death and made his wife, like, be at the funeral. Oh, yeah. We oh, talked about yeah. that in our other we podcast. We talk about him. Yeah. We talked hero. about that in our other podcast. No, we talked about it in this one. Did we? Yeah. 
We had a story Timothy so Dexter. similar we in did. our other podcast we, as well. We did have another Oh, we did one. have something it was in one of the first. It yeah. was one of the first stories we did in Tonight the News. Where, where a guy um, was like, I died and my wife should come to my funeral. But no, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. But I was I was talking yeah. about Timothy Dexter, who was also the king oh, of Penny. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> Timothy Dexter uh, just was I was, was talking about one of the first stories we did in Tonight the News where yeah. the, the dude, like, uh, gave away the wedding dress because he was like, I think my back. wife is dead. <laughs> And she's like, I literally just left home for a few days. <laughs> because we were fighting about noodles. Um, yeah, <laughs> we were fighting about that's noodles. Right. So he turns her away because she didn't have a ticket. Uh, and then she only had to suffer through three more weeks of neglect before she died. Oh, shit. So. Oh, <laughs> a I mean, blessing. A blessing for her, for sure. But that is the end of my parade of petty... I love that. Yeah, and, we name uh, our podcast Parade of Petty and And, and I'll just, I'll end my story with the uh, the note that I've always heard uh, through my my whole life. Uh, don't sweat the petty things. Pet the sweaty things. Oh, gross. It's a strike. Yeah. That's fair. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm going to take your, your petty and uh, oh yeah i appreciate it because i i don't think i'm a petty person but i'm definitely a slightly vengeful person <laughs> amen brother amen so amen i'm gonna start my story and my story begins in 1878 and is a little all over the place because like any great heist it is made up of a few little stories that all kind of come together at the end my favorite stories are the ones where Zach tells me that he's going to be all over the place, especially when I'm functioning at peak ADHD, because <laughs> I'm like, I have so many threads to follow. Yeah, get ready it's for- It's like a real-life murder mystery that I get to track in real time as Zach's telling it. Here, Matt, take this yarn from my sweater and just give it a fucking yank. Wee. So- this is the story of the Manhattan Savings Institute heist. We start with George Leslie. George was an architect okay. and the son of a prolific brewer out of Cincinnati who was reasonably wealthy. And George ended up becoming an architect, um, made a decent amount of money, was very well suited for the job until he quit that job to pursue his real passion. Robbing banks. Hell Amen. Yeah. So he moves out to New York City and starts his new trade. But what makes George so special is that he is, again, a trained architect. So the guy understands not only how proper bank and building layouts are usually done, but he's also very good at inventing things. He is an architect and a trained engineer. So... Oh my One of the things he invents and comes up with is something he calls the Little Joker, which is a metal disc that, when placed behind the dial of a safe, records the combination lock. So basically, he could go in, rent out a security deposit box, find a way to kind of just slip this behind the dial, and then when he'd go and rob the banks, pull it out and be like, okay, here's the number, let's go. Let's go. That's, that's kind of genius, though. He was a very smart man. So we have our expert in safe cracking. Now we need someone to get the scratch up front. For that, we turned to, and I'm. this is a wild name, so bear with me, 
Yeah. Frederica Mar Mandelbaum. Oh my god, that is a I, D&D name if I have ever heard one. I was not ready for all that nonsense. I wasn't no, ready when I no read it. I had ready. to read it like three times before I was like, yeah, no, that says Mandelbaum. Okay. Mandelbaum. All right. So, yeah, I will not be dwelling on that name for too much longer, but Marm, as she was called, was the financier of this operation that was going to happen, and at the time was one of the most successful fences in all of New York City. She had a dry goods store on a very busy street, along with a whole bunch of warehouses throughout the city, which were floor-to-ceiling stuffed with stolen goods. I very often forget that the word fence is also used as, like, Someone a who... person who sells things illegally. And so every time that there's a heist that goes on, it's like, you can sell this to the fence. And I'm just like. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Who? What? The, Who is that? What do you mean? Why just go you, outside and shove it into it? the like the poles between the. You just, I'm just gonna the picket fence the, in the front yard. The picket one or the wire one? Like which fence do I put it in? I'm and confused. People are like, you're an idiot. But yes, so she was a very well known and very prolific fence, uh, and had a whole bunch of ways to get money and also put again move stolen goods. So we have the safe cracker. We have the financier, and now we just need a little bit of muscle. A little bit of muscle. And that muscle included one Shang Draper, a saloon owner and petty thief who got his name. He is always recorded as Shang because Shang was had a very nasty habit of Shanghaiing sailors. Oh, is that all? That's all. So that's why everyone called him Shang. What a dope nickname. I know that we've talked about this before on this podcast, but, like, no one has mafia names No one names has mafia anymore. names. Yeah, no one has Jimmy Two-Shoes Jimmy Two-Shoes. Or, yeah, Jimmy Two-Shoes over here. Shang Draper. Yeah, or no one has Shang Draper anymore. It's a real shame. Now, along with Shang Draper, you also had Red Leary. Oh, stop. Who, Hell yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, gr- another great name. So, Red Leary was a, a small lad standing at uh, approximately six foot four and being known to be yeah. able to snap someone in half and doing so yeah, more yeah. often than not. He is a small lad. <laughs> yes. His other nickname is Tiny. Yeah, Tiny. He's yeah. yeah. Well, of course. Par for the course. So this was a very large man with a very short temper. We got the brains. Well, I would have it no yeah, other right? way. Yeah, right? I mean, 
it would be too powerful if he had, you know, any patience at all. <laughs> yeah. But we have the... Or a name that made sense. Or a sense. name that made sense. Well, red. I mean, you see red. Well, Semantic. It's a stretch. I know. Okay. Well, it's loose. It's loose. Just like all these men's morals. Ayo! Hot dog in a <laughs> hallway. So, we got the brains. We got the brawn. And we got the money to back it. The boys and Marm were ready to pull off the crime of the century. But like any crime caper, right, there is a little bit of a twist, right? Yes. This twist comes in the form of one George Leslie being found dead before the heist was even pulled. Now it's a murder mystery. June 4th, 1878, the body of old poor George was found at the foot of Tramp's Rock. A site just about three miles outside of Yonkers. Also, Tramps Rock, a great name for a place in general. Tramps Tramps Rock is the old school lover's lane. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to take my girl down to Tramps Rock. You know what I'm saying? Hey. I do know what you're saying. I took my girl to Tramps Rock last week. So. uh, Hey, I I do want to cut in uh, briefly for just a second because... My little ADHD walnut was working away. Uh, I did want to find out why a fence is called a fence. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess it originated because thieves use it as a slang form of, like, providing a defense against being caught. Oh. So they just, they just called people a fence so that they could just wash their hands of dirty black market loot. I like that. Nice, nice. Okay. Good to know. Thank you for that. So when George was discovered at the foot of Tramp's Rock, he was suffering from a severe case of lead poisoning, having one bullet in the back of his head and one in his heart. (gasps) That does kill people. Yeah, usually. Now, the funny thing is there was no blood on the scene. There was just the body, Mm. which means... Mm. The plot thickens. It was definitely Moida. Moida! It was, it was Moida. Now, do either one of you want to take a guess on who might have killed good old Georgie boy? I did not Moida him. Um. Uh, why do I have the feeling it's one of, it, it's Marm? I don't know. I just. It's not I, Marm. I think it's Red. I think it's oh, Tiny okay. himself. Well. Okay. This is 1878, and there isn't much in the way of forensics, but it is a damn good guess that it was probably Shang or Leary. Or uh, both. Why? Why? Yeah, like, why? Probably because George was fucking both of their wives. <laughs> hey! Oh, no! Yeah, because that's a great way to get some gang loyalty, right? Go porking your best friend's wives. <laughs> Ugh. Listen, these are business associates. Thank oh, fair you. enough. It's just, it's fine to fuck your coworkers' wives. <laughs> yeah, God. I And I do say both of their wives because George was a bit of a party boy. Uh, and by party boy, I mean he was dipping his wink in anything that could move. Amen, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> get it, King. It, yeah, go get it, King, I guess. Uh, it was... <laughs> As the kids would say, go off, sis. Go off, sis. Um, it was confirmed that... I don't know if the kids say that. I'm I, 31 years old. I don't know if they say that either, but... Uh, it was confirmed that he was indeed sleeping with Shang's wife and heavily speculated about Leary's wife as well, as well as the wives of some other smaller, less notable gang members. Oh, okay. So, ding dong. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just fucking everybody's wife. It's rough. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. 
Because this guy's sleeping with all of them. Yeah, pretty much. So, ding dong, George is dead. But Marm already paid to have this job done. So they did the job yeah. just a little less elegantly without their safe cracker. On October 27th, okay. 19, 1887. My bad, I almost jumped ahead 100 years. Fuck that. <laughs> imagine. Woo. Imagine if it was a time heist as well as a Oh, no. Heist. Oh, no. Uh, so, yes, on October 27th. The gang ambushes a janitor for the Manhattan Savings Institute in his apartment, kidnapping both the janitor, his sickly wife, and his mother-in-law. Why is the wife sickly? Why is the wife always sickly? I don't sickly? know, but she is. It's Manhattan, baby. <laughs> You're right. There's so much lead and arsenic literally <laughs> and everywhere. This is all to 1887, probably a lot of asbestos. There's so much everything everywhere. So they force the man at gunpoint to give them the vault combination, which, by the way, was 3925. Well, that's not inventive. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I know the combination. So, I mean, I guess we can go rob it back in 1887 before they do. Yeah, can you imagine? Time we just, like, go there and we're like, Time we, we already heist. know it. We have a Ford Tacoma. We could definitely Oh, do. shit. <laughs> so... They get the combination, and they steal the janitor's keys off of his table. So this is just after about 6 o'clock in the morning, and the bank hasn't opened. No one is there. So they use the key to get into the bank. They open the vault doors. And then they need to get past the actual solid steel safe. So they use jimmies and wedges and ratchet open the door. And once inside, they chisel their way into the compartments of the safe and stuff as many bags full of cash as they can. And around 9.30 in the morning, the group of six men walk right out of the building before anyone notices. And they walk away with the equivalent of $70 million in today's money, making it the largest Man. bank robbery in history. Just can't, can't Get yourself that like 2020 you money. Yeah. Again, I did the math before I jumped in, where it's $70 million in today's UI. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it when you guys do math before you get here so that we don't have to do math collectively as idiots. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to show how stupid I am. <laughs> Carry the one. <laughs> Carry the yeah, fuck this shit. I already, I already have to show how much of an idiot I am in D&D when I cannot, I cannot add up the dice. Hi, my name's so. Jared. I'm 16, 17, what is that? How many years old? And I never fucking learned how to read. I'm, not, I'm 19 <laughs> years old and I never fucking learned how to read. That's me sometimes. <laughs> That's me with math. <laughs> Hi, my name's Zach. I'm 26 years old and I never fucking learned how to count. <laughs> that, but like, where's the lie? I was going to say, there is no lie there. But yes, that is the story of how the Manhattan, my brain, the it Manhattan just fucking Project. died. The Manhattan Savings Institute was robbed by six schmucks who shot their other guy because he was fucking all their wives, and they still stole the most amount of money in recorded history. Well, I mean, it would have been unprofessional if they let that stop them. <laughs> yes, if we want anything, we want professionalism out of our bank robbers. Yeah, we need professionals. Yeah, Thank that's you. why Marm hired them. They're the best, except for one of them's now dead. But it's okay. They're still doing the job. Well, now they well they they got rid of the outlier, right? So now their average score has gone up <laughs> of how good they yeah, are. I, I mean, you 
Yes and no, because... You can can find another safe cracker. We can always have more Well, here's the thing. (laughs) George was, like, really good at what he did. At some point, like, they were already kind of mad at George no matter what went before this, like, actual, hey, I fucked your wife business happened. Because George was, like, going around to other gangs and selling his services as a guy who plans heists. Because he was just that good at planning heists and he could get access to, like, layouts of buildings being a quote-unquote architect. So he would just go around and for a nominal fee plan heists for everybody else, get paid, and then he'd be like, I don't actually have to take on any of the risk. I mean, hey. So, like, hey, good. Work work smarter, not harder. Yeah, exactly. But the schmucks whose wives you're fucking are kind of upset because you're there and the ones doing the dirty work. And you're just like, I'm going to get paid on the side. They're like, hey, hey, it's fair if you're looking for, you know, more business opportunities. But the wife thing. (laughs) The wife thing is where I draw the line. Hey. Draw the line. We can overlook you using your talents to get more money. What we can't overlook is the fact that you fucked our wives. (laughs) I mean, in all fairness, I think I'd say the same thing in that situation. Zach, truthfully, if you ever decided to fuck my wife, I would be angry with you. (laughs) Man, I thought that was going a different way. I would even have to probably quit the podcast because of it. I mean, you'd have to at least... I don't know that I'd kill you. Yeah. But... At least there's some a, strong There's a very words. strong chance that our professional relationship would be over. All right. I was, like, so interested to see where that sentence was going. I'm like, yeah. man, it could just... It could I, really I go anywhere. Like, it could really go anywhere. Like, I, what's he didn't. planning? I promise I will not fuck your wife. <laughs> now, you, on the other hand, that's a whole different story. Hey! <laughs> I, but at least my wife won't be a part of the podcast, so we won't have to worry about it. I mean, I was going to say, who has Zach says something dirty to Matt on their bingo card? Um, That's on everyone's bingo cards. All the time. Always. Uh, But But yeah, yeah, you can cross that That off. You can cross it off now for sure. That is my story. That is my story of the ridiculousness that is bank robbers. Bank robbers. Did they catch the people? No. Yeah, did or did they just ever? live? They 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 eventually like got caught doing other crimes and shit. But oh, other, okay. yeah, they're other crimes. <laughs> but they, they didn't like. They didn't get caught for this one specifically. No, they, no, no. They walked away, no problems. However, they did continue to live a life of be gay, do crimes, and they got caught eventually. <laughs> Were they caught eating hot chip? No, they weren't. Yeah, like how much hot chip were they caught? <laughs> Just a face full of hot chip and a sack full of cash. They're like, hey, are you eating hot chip over there? And they're like, oh, oh shoot, shit, we gotta go. Tri- we gotta, it's the fuzz. We gotta go. Full of lies. Um, oh. Wow. Be gay, do crimes, <laughs> eat, eat hot chip, be bisexual, and lie. Uh, I don't, it, so was, many, it was 1887, so, so they couldn't charge day phone, no? Yeah, that's fair. The charge they telegraph. Are you sure? Because we did tell a story about a a person from fucking. When was the telephone invented? When was the telephone invented? Can we? Hey Siri. Can someone look that up? When was the telephone invented? The answer I found was one thousand eight hundred and seventy-six. So this was twelve years 18. after the telephone was. Oh, 
No, it was right. two years well, after the still, telephone was invented. They still didn't need so to charge it. So they could have charged it. their phone. No, that, I, that wasn't a thing. No, <laughs> whatever. Um, Guys, that's... we do a lot. We do a lot here. We obviously, you know, bend the truth to our will <laughs> because we are historians and we're allowed to. Uh, we that's fully... all we had to say. That's it. That was the end of the statement. <laughs> we're just... We bend history to our... To our will. We lie to you, so you'd like fear, us better. <laughs> fear us. Uh, time heist. Time heist. We will go back in time and change shit. Don't make us do it. Uh, I mean, I would. I'll do time but heist. But Megan, Megan, I want to hear what the fuck your notes are called. I really do, oh. too. Ah. My notes are called I don't know why week. she's singing them, but I'm, um, okay. I'm preparing so my notes... myself for a great thing to happen. My notes are called um, "Live Free or Die, but Not Drunk or High." Oh. Um, Don't tell me how it. I'm supposed to leave this mortal coil, but okay. <laughs> Listen, New Hampshire is telling you. <laughs> New Hampshire um. can't tell me shit. I don't loathe them anything anymore. That's true. I paid your paid my taxes, debts. and the IRS won't give you any of your refunds <laughs> back. So. At this point, you are free to roam about the cabin hey, as chaotically as you want. he's not bitter about it, though. I'm not bitter about yeah, it. No. If you guys want to, you know, any listeners want to contribute to me because I, the government doesn't want to give me my fair share, I'll fucking take it. <laughs> Zach's moments hey, away from buying a horse and Paul revering all over the IRS. <laughs> Fun fact, he is bitter about it. Just a little <laughs> If the sarcasm uh, was lost on you, dear listeners, <laughs> the truth is I Zach wanted to has, clear that up. Zach has lost uh well not lost, but Zach has not received a considerable amount of money and he is bitter. He is indeed He's very, very bitter, bitter about, about, it. about it. Just a bit. Uh so He's a bitter that is the title of my story, and I guess I will dive into it, which is kinda nice because um your I feel like people doing illegal things in your story, Zach, is like actually dovetailing with mine. So um, I'll, I'll start in here. Uh, there have been many times during the past 10 years where I feel like I've complained about conservatives and their confusing ideologies. And I promise this gets into crime later. Um, <laughs> I... Thanks for the reassurance, Megan. I was very nervous yeah. when you didn't immediately speak about crime that you would never get there. I didn't immediately start. So, hey. Why, when you, you know, did not you guys... start with, you guys want to hear about this crime? <laughs> yeah, you want to hear about this crime? And you were like, oh, no, I'm starting to get, I'm getting the shivers. Um, how is she going to bring this one back? Uh, no, so I, I don't understand conservatives' um, ideologies. Like, I've said many times that, like, if they just told me what they wanted, um, <laughs> like, then maybe I could do something. But um, I think they just want to be left in a ditch to die by the government <laughs> a lot of the time. Jesus Christ. And I guess that's fine. I know for certain one of the things that they do want is small government. Uh, they they want to live their lives without the long arm of the law in their business. And, like, I get that. Especially when I think about the times when the government in the past has really overstepped their bounds. Uh, now, there are more times than I can count um, when this has happened, but I'd like to go in the uh, Ford Tacoma and uh, bring us back to the Roaring Twenties, which are very different from the Fuck Me Twenties that we are currently <laughs> living in. 
and, and talk about prohibition. You heard it here, folks. These are now considered the fuck me 20s. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, listen. Because we need yeah. to make a distinction. Mm-hmm. The fuck me 20s, depending on how you say it, is like... So I'm just going to clarify for the audience because some of you might be sitting at home thinking that the 20s, as Megan has described them just now, are the fuck me 20s when really it's the fuck me 20s okay i need you guys to understand that it is very much the latter and not the former it's it's not a sexy fuck me 20s it's a fuck me fuck definitely not a sexy fuck me 20s no, it's a, it's a fuck Jesus me. Christ, fuck 20s. me when I wake up in the morning, <laughs> 20s. Like, you're like, if God could strike me down before I got out of this bed, it would be better. Yeah. 20s. Uh, <laughs> it's get like that guy's swear when he bought all those tickets. <laughs> yeah. um, it was getting a little bit long in the tube. <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, uh, so I'm going to talk about Prohibition. Do it. Uh, now, yeah, so for for those of us who need reminding, prohibition was the ban on everything having to do with alcoholic beverages. The government was like, no more. We're done. Um, no more parties. And you may be wondering why this happened, and it was for a few different reasons, going back all the way to the Code of Hammurabi. Oh, fuck uh, I bet you didn't hell. think you would be hearing about the Code of fucking Hammurabi tonight, but here, here you are. I, uh, I need you to understand... That I live my entire life expecting not to ever hear about the Code of Hammurabi. <laughs> and yet, here we are. See? Here we are. Here, it's in your two face. Two things. One, yeah. I am positive that school taught me that I would, like quicksand, deal with the Code of Hammurabi a lot more than I have in my life. <laughs> a, lot, a lot more than you've had. But two, it's been a while since I've heard it. So instead, my brain just went, Code of Harambe, monkey. Code <laughs> 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 of Harambe. Yeah, the Code of Harambe um, actually condones drinking. The, code, the, the code of Harambe requests that you pull your dick out. <laughs> yeah. It's, it says shots and pull your dick out. Shots and dicks out. Shots and dicks out. <sighs> dicks out and shots. I think we need you to get prefer. back to your story now. <laughs> Yeah, so essentially in the code, it, it requires temperance, but more prevalently, why the prevalently, God, had a stroke, fuck me up 20s. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, so essentially it was more because uh, Puritans were like, alcohol and its nature of blacking you out to God's unrelenting punishment is immoral. (laughs) Once again, the Puritans decide to fuck everyone, but actually not fuck everyone because they're (laughs) shitty. (laughs) I love how fucking hard Megan is going right now. Um, this is like I'm, nihilism on full tilt. Yeah, I was writing this on the Lord's Day too. She woke up on a Sunday and was just like, fuck organized religion. <laughs> I was like, I wish God had struck me down. He's not going to do it. Fine, here we go. And I just like, I blacked out and started typing up this story. If God doesn't um, smite me now, I will make him regret it. <laughs> Yeah, and then I waited a few seconds, and I was like, he's going to regret it. (laughs) (laughs) Start writing. Oh, God. Yeah. 
Oh God is right. Um, it's also known as the Oh God 20s. <laughs> so Again, anyway, with- audience, listen. <laughs> it is not the yeah, Oh God 20s. It's the Oh God 20s. Yeah, exactly. Again, like that feeling you get when you wake up on a Tuesday. There's nothing sexy about twenty twenty onwards. Yeah. So with the ban of alcohol came what naturally comes next, uh people getting around it and the pop up of bootlegging operations. Hell yeah. Uh in response, the US government was like, Oh hell no, we would rather die or let other people die than have our laws and taxes flouted. Mostly so the latter. They de- mostly the latter. So they devoted a significant um, amount of resources to curtailing bootlegging, obviously, which was becoming very lu- lucrative. And like I said, it was a very big and untaxable stream of revenue. And since the alcohol that was being used to produce the illegal um, substances was from distilled industrial alcohols, the government mandated that more toxic additives be put into the products that would be converted into the bootleg drinkable (laughs) alcohol. So they were like, I don't know, dude, just put like every bad put radioactive materials in this when in doubt (laughs) poison the people yeah um, there weren't really um they didn't say radioactive stuff but they i mean might as well yeah uh so that way the supply could be cut off from consumption um this didn't stop the demand for alcohol so uh on the unregulated black market that means that the now super toxic liquors were sold despite the additive poisons um obviously this killed yeah. people carl <laughs> that carl, kills that people kills people acetone it kills people so on Christmas Day in 1926, 66 people died. And then on New Year's Day in 1927, 41 people died, specifically in New York, oh, from wow. alcohol-related poisons. And by the time Prohibition was over, it was estimated more than 10,000 people had died because they were downing methanol <laughs> or wood alcohol. Uh, this is also um, one of the reasons why during prohibition a lot of people went blind <laughs> from the alcohol that they were drinking because they were just chugging things like formaldehyde uh yeah so do you want to hear some of the things that they were putting oh in? yeah yes okay the good thing i have a list good um quinine uh. methyl alcohol <laughs> kerosene gasoline mercury acid <laughs> And at that point, I was like, this is sad. And I stopped reading the list. <laughs> and I don't blame you. I was like, you. You, had, you had me at mercury. Um, and then I added acetone for extra oomph. Uh, and while um, it's not the same, it does remind me of how the federal government, like, did its war on drugs. Right? Like, they, they're adamant about getting their hands into things that people are like, listen, we really didn't ask for this. And I, like, in that sense, I kind of understand conservatives being like, hey, I'd like you to stop putting limitations on things I want to do. Like, if I want to smoke myself to death, 
Let me do it. Stop telling me that that's bad. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I, I, I get that, but we're, we're riding the fine line of becoming one of the things, only things that could possibly be worse than a conservative, and that's a libertarian. Oh, yeah, dude. That, that is a libertarian. So, anyway, in conclusion, um, I understand, like, hey, please stop telling us what to do. Uh, but when it actually comes to, like, helping people, they're like, hey, free healthcare isn't for us. Um, please <laughs> leave that out of it as well. I did have to get in the healthcare thing, so you can check that out <laughs> your cards as well. Um, it wouldn't be a What the Fuck History podcast without that dig. So I feel like we have had episodes where we did not make that dig. Um, it was implied. We make up for it's it later, implied. though. It's always, yeah, no, it's always implied. It's, yeah. Uh, just go into it with the knowledge. You know, the free space on the bingo card could really be uh, implied hatred of U.S. healthcare system. Yeah, well, it, it's, it's on there. I saw this tweet the other day. It was from... Um, I can't. I can't tell if it was a meme or from Elon Musk's actual Twitter oh, account. Probably which, a meme. I, I don't know, dude. It feels like something he would say. That man's fully insane, though. So he he is, but it was just like traffic uh, is one of man's greatest obstacles. Traffic, like traffic. That's because um, he's trying to build, like, a super underground railway system. I don't know what he's trying to do, but he was like, we got to defeat traffic, and someone was just like, please Google trains. <laughs> yeah. Please, please Public transportation does exist. Search on public transport, and that's just how I feel about the American government, like, with, with healthcare. <laughs> They're just like, We how just we, can't yeah. figure it out. You can't figure it out, and someone's like, "Please Google socialism." Yeah, Go- or please Google the other thirty-two countries that have it figured out. Please Google yeah, just like, about just... every other first-world country, developed yeah, like, country. Yeah, you know what? Don't even Google it. Like, I'm sure you have their phone. Numbers. <laughs> <laughs> like, they probably do. So, just like, call up Sweden. I think. So I think the free space on the bingo card is implied hatred of U.S. healthcare, and then there is also a space on the bingo card that's just like blatant hatred of uh, in general the U.S. Like, healthcare system. Uh, I was like, just no. I think the free space should just be blatant hatred. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of us just gets hatred. upset about something very, very much, and one of us like, finds right. a hill to die on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very, well, very mean, early have, on in the podcast. I have a lot of hills. There are so um, many hills. There are a lot of hills. It's like that one picture just... that someone in our D and D chat sent the other day. That oh yeah, a bunch of mole hills. <laughs> and he was just like soon to be mountains. Soon to be mountains. <laughs> But anyways, um, <laughs> it has been another great week of podcasting. Uh, another great week of World War III. Um, we yeah. will return to you next time. On, but before... And also, what? Yep. For dear listeners, before we go, um, you know, follow us on Instagram. Follow us we on have... Instagram. Follow us yeah, on Twitter. Dude. Yeah. Interact with I us. I feel... I feel like we haven't done like a shout out about our socials in a while. Um, so. I I feel like Zach tacks it on to the end of every podcast. I do. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Follow us on our socials. It gives me that good dopamine rush. Yeah. yeah. Also, tell us that you like us because my love language is words of affirmation. Yeah, that's true. Can you please tell us? So when random you? strangers send our socials messages that say, hey, we love you, it makes me feel warm and tingly. Yeah, it is actually really nice. I am, uh, I'm going to end this podcast now in the way that I have traditionally done it since day one. Mm-hmm. I am going to ask the audience a question. And not not really the audience so much, I guess, as just the general everyone. What the fuck, history? If you like what you hear from the Triumvirate Productions and What the Fuck History, we encourage you to tell a friend. We don't pay for any ads, so the best way to get us out there is to talk to other people about us. You can find us on Facebook at The Triumvirate Productions, on Twitter at Triumvirate underscore pod, and on Instagram at the underscore triumvirate underscore productions. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.